Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you Blessed Heavenly Father, especially as it positions us for our last Thanksgiving service as we worship you, thanking you for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, the Bible, um, in, the, in, the, in the woman's encounter with Jesus at the well, the Bible gives us... Uh, a statement that really defines worship for the New Testament believer. In John, the fourth chapter, verses 23 and 24, this is the New King James Version. The Bible says, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, the, the theme for our last Thanksgiving service today is the alabaster box. And I'm sure you know, the, you know where it is taken from. Um, the three of the Gospels uh, record uh, an account of this lady who breaks this container that has this expensive perfume and anoints Jesus with it. Some are longer than others, but for today we'll just take our reading uh, from John the 12th chapter and the third verse. John 12 verse 3. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The, the Bible says, John 12 verse 3, Mary picked up an alabaster box or an alabaster jar filled with nearly a litter of extremely rare and costly perfume, the purest extract of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet. Then she wiped them dry with her long hair, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. Now, if there was time, we would tell a bit more of that story. Jesus was at... Uh, at, at the house of a man called Simon the leper. Now, we don't know why he was called Simon the leper. We, we, we suspect that he was a man who had leprosy and who had been healed by Jesus, but they just refused to drop the, the tag that he had been called by before uh, he had that encounter. But we don't know for, for, for a fact. That's conjecture. But he was at the house of Simon the leper, and there were loads of people there. Not all of them were his supporters. And this woman comes in. It's instructive that the woman went into a place that was full of men. It wasn't normal for that to happen. And the woman was Mary. We understand that it was Mary, Lazarus's sister. The Bible tells us that in the Gospel of John that it was Lazarus's sister. It was that particular Mary. And she comes in there, and in an act of extreme devotion, 
She takes this container, a jar, some would say box, that contained the most expensive perfume imaginable. In fact, if you read the further accounts of um, Judas's, dis- Judas's irritation at what Jesus, what had been done to Jesus, he actually tells us, Judas, that it was the cost of it was the equivalent of a year's wages, one year's salary worth of, worth of perfume. Um, and she breaks the box and pours it on Jesus. One of the gospel accounts say, pours it on his head. The others say, pours it on his feet. So we can assume that she pours it on his head and also sits at his feet and pours it on his feet and anoints him with this, with this oil. And then she then begins to wipe his feet with her hair. Uh, uh, when you read this account of this expression of her love and worship, you almost feel like you are intruding into something that is deeply personal. I don't know about you, but when I was reading it, I almost felt like I shouldn't really be reading this. I, I, why are they showing us something so deeply personal? Uh, as she expresses extravagantly her love for her Lord and Savior in worship. And there isn't time today for us to, you know, preach the kind of sermon that we could out of this. But I just want to share with you very quickly four characteristics of a true worshiper. Because this woman was a true worshiper. And these are the people that the Bible says the hour has come and now is when true worshipers will worship our Lord and Savior. Number one, the true worshiper spends time at his feet to get a revelation of him. Our introduction to Martha, to Mary, is at the feet of Jesus in Luke's gospel, the 10th chapter, verses 38 and 39, the Passion Translation. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister called Mary. Uh, And Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. You see, true worship can't come any other way. Uh, Worship is not praise. Worship comes from someone who has a revelation of the person they are worshipping. And this true worshipper, Mary, that broke this alabaster box and that uh, elaborate expression of worship had spent time at the feet of Jesus. The older translations say she heard his word at her feet. The way to true worship is through the revelation of God. The revelation of God comes from the word of God, by the spirit of God. So a true worshiper will spend time. And it's instructive that the contrast was her sister Martha. The Bible says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. The challenge today is that the church is very distracted with much. We are distracted outside church. We reduce the worship of God, if at all, to 20 minutes in a service. 
But God is saying, I'm looking for true worshippers. Those who will worship me with their whole life, every second of their life. It is possible to live in the continuous, ceaseless overflow of worshipping God when you dedicate everything you do to Him. So a simple act like exercising in the gym actually becomes worship. When you're eating, it is worship. When you're laughing with your friends, it is worship. Because your heart is now centered on God. You see, Mary had that. She understood how to put aside the distractions and sit at his feet, hear his word, and get a revelation of him. Number two, the true worshippers understand how to fall at his feet in surrender. John 11 verse 32, the Passion Translation. When Mary finally found Jesus outside the village, she fell at his feet in tears and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. It wasn't comfortable for her. All the prayers had not been answered. In fact, she was dealing with a major calamity in her life. Her brother had died. She had no way of knowing what you and I know. That roll away the stone was going to come and Lazarus come forth was coming. She had no way of knowing that. But in her pain, in her grief, in her brokenness, faced with the challenge still, she knew that I still have to surrender myself and fall at his feet. True worshippers understand that. Their worship is not attached to how good they feel. Their worship is not attached to the fact that it has come, come through. Their worship is not attached to the fact that it has changed. Their worship is not attached to circumstances. They know that whether on the hill or in the valley, in the dark or in the light, in the hard place or in the good place, they know that we remain perpetually surrendered at his feet to him. Can someone say amen to that? Number three, through true worshipers worship him with everything. Now, if you read the other accounts of what Mary did, you get the picture of what true devotion is. She carried this jar filled with extremely rare and costly perfume. The purest extract of nard. She could have done a lot of things with it. If she was a 21st century Christian, Joseph, she would sell it for a year's wages and then give to the church a day's wages. If she was good, maybe a week's wages. If she was fantastic, maybe a month's wages. And she would let the pastor know that I have given to, to the... Did you, see, did you see my offering that I gave to the church? But she would keep 90% for herself because her mind would tell her that's the sensible thing to do. But this woman knew that she could, she could give everything to Jesus. It made no sense. Her picture of devotion made no sense. For a woman to let her hair down in the culture was to draw criticism, 
to make people speak about you, compare you to the prostitutes. Because in that culture, women never let their hair down. But this woman thought, it doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter what you say about me. It doesn't matter whether my actions make no sense. For this, my Jesus, I am ready to become a fool. I am ready to become the, the, the laughing stock of the whole community. Because I am going to give him my best and my all. It's a, it's a picture of extravagant love. Extreme devotion. She knew that I worship him with everything. It's not a segment of a service. If you spoke to her, I am sure worship would come out of her. Number four. The true worshipers are humble. You know, it's instructive that everything that Mary did was done at the feet of Jesus. She sat at his feet and heard his word. She fell down at his feet and surrendered to him. The challenge with a lot of the church today is that we give him parts of our lives. In fact, the way I say it is that he is savior to many but not Lord to many. So yes, my Savior, but you can be Lord of here, Lord of here, but don't be Lord of my mouth so that I can tell this my husband what I think about him. And don't even come near my finances. I am Lord of my finances. Thank you for blessing me. I will decide what I bless you back, what I bless your work back with. At his feet she surrendered. At his feet, she honored him with her worship. That's what the Bible says. She honored him, broke that box, that container, and at his feet, poured it on his feet. And then, of course, at his feet, the picture of humility. For, you know, it was only slaves who did what she did. The most lowly were the ones who washed feet. Not to talk of anointing, his feet. And you know, the revelation she had was, was, was amazing. No one thought of anointing him for his death because none of them wanted him to die. The Spirit must have revealed to her that this anointing, as he said himself, is for my burial. You know, the challenge to New Testament believers, you and I, she anointed him for his death. She worshipped him for his death. He's been resurrected for you and I. Why don't we worship him more? She was so humble. It has echoes of David. 2 Samuel 7 verse 18. King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house? that you have brought me this far. That should be someone's testimony, someone's own testimony, that, Lord, look at me, end of the year. Who am I? Considering what I've done and what I haven't done, that you've brought me this far. Who am I? 
And you know, as I, as I reflected on this short reflection, it's funny that the song that kept resonating in my heart. Down at your feet, O Lord, is the most high place. In your presence, Lord, I seek your face. I seek your face. There is no higher calling. There is no greater honor than to bow and kneel before your throne. I'm amazed at your glory and you should grant me this grace grant me this mercy provide for me protect me take me through what you've taken me through who am I let's kneel before the Lord as we sing that song just symbolic of down at your feet
us understand that this worship is not really he's a loving God and he asks he asks us to worship but the truth is worship is a response to what he did and 
And when we get a revelation of what the cross cost him, how can we not bow in worship? No one has given their lives yet for their child, for their loved one, but this was a God who did not, even when we didn't know him, gave his own. So this morning, we're going to take this song in that place of worship. It says, above all power, above all king, above all nature and all created beings, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you are here before the world begins. Somebody sing above all kingdoms. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all thrones, above all wonders, above all wonders, the world has ever known. Yes, Father. Above all wealth and treasures of the earth.
church, let's sing together. My beloved, oh yes he is, amongst thousands, my beloved, my beloved is the most Paul's appeal to the church in Rome is really the Lord appealing. And he appeals not because he's not God, but because of his love for us. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, 
consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. What was he saying? When you consider all that God has done, all his mercies, there's only one conclusion a reasonable, rational, or intelligent person can make. That God, I dedicate my whole self to you. I devote my whole self to you. I consecrate my whole self to you. I hold nothing back. And I feel that the Lord wants to hear that from someone who means it from deep in their hearts. That as we cross into the next stage, the next phase, that Lord, I want to make a commitment of dedication to you as my worship to you. Worship is more than a song. Worship in its fullest expression is a life that is dedicated to God. And so in, in your own words, as long as you have a conviction in your spirit by the Spirit of God, will you do what Paul did, said we should do? Dedicate yourself, your faculties, your members, everything that you are, all that he has given you, dedicate it to him. In your own words, dedicate it to him. Go and just tell him, help me to worship you with every part of my life, with everything that you have given me. Help me, help me to move away from a religious expression into the true worship of you. Help me, help me, help me. God. Let it be more than a song. Let it be a prayer. Let it express your heart. Everything. No more holding back. No more holding back. Religious stuff. I give you all of me. Go 
Lord, just tell God. many are holding back too many are distracted too many are succumbing to the pressures of life's circumstances the Lord says I should say to someone it's in the worship that the circumstances change it's in the worship that the pressure, the load is taken off your shoulders. The Lord says to someone, the freedom you seek is in the worship. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. There might be someone who hasn't surrendered their life to Jesus, the start of the journey. You haven't taken that first step of inviting him into your heart. The start of the journey of total surrender. You haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I want to make a decisive start, dedication, surrendering my life to Jesus. I want to surrender this life to Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. If you've decided to make that step, why don't you say this simple prayer with me? Heavenly Father, today I surrender my life to you. I accept your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I make a decisive dedication today of my body, my entire life to you. Thank you for receiving me into your family. I declare that I am now a child of yours, born again into your family this day. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, Amen and Amen. 